next episode. Um, right, what's this one about? Um, socialism. Oh. Now, if I was on social media, as I often say, uh, I would find this episode very tricky to make, you know, because I'd have to be thinking, oh, yeah, I don't want to be misunderstood, blah, 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 you know, don't want half my family to write me off and the other half to write me off as well. I don't want all the echo chambers to come down on me at once. I don't want the left attacking me and the right attacking me at the same time. And all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and I'd be carefully wording it and all that sort of thing. Uh, but I don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, but uh, this episode um, is uh, about um, the fact that I'm a socialist. And yet, at the same time, I'm the bloke who, probably in 50 to 60 to 100 of the episodes I've made so far, well, no, maybe 20 or 30 or 40, um, I've pointed out that communism never works. It's been tried and tried, country after country. It's failed every time. <laughs> Disaster every time. Millions of people getting killed. Starvation and all the problems to go with communism, you know, in as much as no one's motivated to work and all that sort of stuff, you know, so I'm the bloke that says that stuff all the time, uh, but at the same time I'm a socialist, um, at heart, um, and it's worse than that, um, uh, well, I, I actually think globalisation is inevitable, you know, and, and yet I've done 50 or 60 or 70 episodes on how um, fantastic it is being an Australian. Yeah? I'd love it if, uh, if Australia could be just like this forever and ever. But then again, I'm not indigenous. <laughs> yeah. But you, know, you get what I'm saying. You know? fantastic country and we're a terrible country you know and all that sort of stuff um i'm the bloke that says all that sort of stuff and yet uh, with the information age the way it is i think globalism is inevitable as i've been mentioning from time to time uh, so you know i've been thinking about it and you know there are, well maybe there is an argument still to be had for resisting globalization you know um but I think the information age is such that nations, as we know them, and identity groups based on geographic um, location, i.e. nations, are doomed. You know? But already, people live geographically in Australia, but their heart and their soul and their existence is elsewhere because they're speaking to people they identify with from other countries, like when I was young. Everyone I spoke to was in my town. Um, so, you know, eventually and inevitably, I identified with Lansfield, you know, and not Romsey, which was a whole eight kilometres down the road. You know? um, Romsey was a long way away, you know. But these days, you can live in Melbourne and all your um, online... Uh, relation relationships all your in 
you're relating online, it could be somewhere else. It could be in Saudi Arabia, you know. Um, yeah, I could live in my shed, but actually be living in Germany, yeah, or Iceland or something, you know, or Botswana. Yeah, I, I don't have to be living in Essendon, and I think the information age is going to break down geographic identity to a certain extent. You can live in Essendon, but not actually be from Essendon. You can be a, a true um, Botswana, you know, and living in Essendon, but you're actually somewhere else, you know, especially in coronavirus. I mean, to what extent, in what way am I in Essendon anyway? Yeah, you are where, wherever you are relating to people, and if all your online relationships are somewhere else in another country, and you're not really relating to anyone in your own suburb, where are you? You're overseas. So the fact that you're geographically in Australia doesn't matter. I think globalisation is inevitable. And um, it's not a case of, you know, oh, we need to resist globalisation. You know, the people for globalisation versus the people against globalisation. It's coming anyway. So what sort of globalisation do you want, you know? And nations, nations, you know, identity groups might be, um, whoever you identify with, you know, wherever they are in the world. But having said that, um, I, um, I'm a capitalist, you know. Um, look, I'm a big fan of all the things, all the products of the Enlightenment um, and the French Revolution and the English Revolution and even the American Revolution and the Australian Revolution. Oh, we didn't quite have one, so to speak, you know. Well, we had the English Revolution because, you know, that's where we come from. Now, um, so all the products of um, the revolutions and the Enlightenment and everything else and all the products of all the stuff we've learned from the other cultures that have spread around the globe as well, um, you know, um, you, know you can say, oh, I come from a tradition that produced Isaac Newton, you know, all that sort of stuff. But then Isaac Newton said, I think he said himself, that he stood on the shoulders of giants. And some of those giants whose shoulders he stood on were from other places, and most notably Greece, you know, but also from Persia and Babylon and India, you know, these other places where things like algebra came from and all that sort of stuff, which... Uh, you know, and which made it possible for him to do calculus, you know, create calculus. And, um, but also he needed the Greeks too, to create calculus. But, but um, I think, um, I think I, uh, I like the way that Australia, for example, is something of a product of all, of many, of the many, of many great things that came out of the Enlightenment and many bad things too. I'm glad I'm not indigenous. Um, and to that extent, you know, like Australia is a socialist country. We've got universal health care. We've got universal education as such, you know, minimum education opportunities, minimum wage. We've got a, a lot of things. A lot of these things we were early champions of, you know, 888. Eight, eight. 
working conditions and all that sort of stuff. Australia was a big champion of all this sort of stuff. We were the first country um, in the world, in the history of the world, and that is India and Babylon and Greece and Rome and England and the United States of America included, you know, and all these other places in ancient Egypt and all that sort of stuff. We were the first place in the world where uh, where uh, women gave themselves and men gave women and women got um, full political rights, you know, um, that sort of thing, you know. Um, so Australia is a real product of the Enlightenment and all that sort of stuff. And, I, and I'm an Australian, um, and as such, I'm a socialist, like most Australians, because you don't see too many people marching down the streets, you know, on the left or the right side of politics, demanding that Medicare, universal health care, be uh, abolished. Everyone's pretty fine with it, whether you're on the left or the right, and yet that's a socialist system. And the same goes with our education system, you know. And a few other, and many other things are socialist about us too. You know, the way we pull money into the middle and then give it out where it's needed, you know. Um, well, uh, um, so people, you know, especially when it comes to health and education, I don't think, I think very few people have got a problem with um, the fact that Australia is so socialist when it comes to that. And we're so capitalist too, in other ways. Now, capitalism was a wonderful product of the Enlightenment and even, you know, um, related things, you know, things that are related to capitalism, you know, like socialism, and, uh, sorry, like um, uh, insurance, the very idea of insurance. Yes. Um, the um, I, re I, I heard about how insurance started. Um, some the clergy or something in Scotland and all that sort of stuff was genius. Capitalism um, and insurance, you know, the concept of insurance um, and capitalism is a way where uh, the society can have a tenth of the money. It kind of has. You, know, you can leverage a country up to be ten times more productive than it would be than if you didn't have capitalism. It's an absolute magical, amazing system, and socialism is amazing too. You know, we the idea of pooling money in the middle, into the middle, and then making sure that um, the, um, that every child in Australia has a decent education. You know? um, and that if you get cancer, you'll get amazing treatment. You know, this is the sort of stuff um, Obama was trying to put in in America. And, not, and he was not even trying to be as socialist as us. And, um, and there were people in America on the conservative side saying, oh, Obama's trying to be a damned socialist. But I, I think he was trying to be less socialist than the right-wingers in Australia are. You know, the Liberal Party here. You know, our right, our conservative, our right-wing, you know, um, our Liberal Party um, has a version of Obama Obamacare which it supports, um, which is more socialist than Obamacare, and you've got conservatives in America, you know, especially on YouTube and everything, saying, oh, 
you know, if Obama, if Obamacare, you know, that is total socialism. But it wasn't. <laughs> it was it was less socialist than Australia, and Australia isn't even socialist, and Australia is socialist. You know, it's a bit of each. It's, it's capitalist. You know, it's a bastard of a country. If you're indigenous, for example. <laughs> Um, but that's not what this episode is about. I've, I've had episodes about that. I'm actually a Black Lives Matter supporter. I, I, um, I had to, um, I reviewed my values on Black Lives Matter via a series of episodes. Um, a series of, of episodes on Adam Goods, you know, um, who, you know, uh, was a, a, a player much admired by me in all sorts of ways. Champion bloke. And um, I had to, I really talked my way through the Adam Goods saga, if you know about it. And um, at the end of that, I said, you know what, I'm with him. And um, the Black Lives Matter movement too, I, I talked to myself, I, I discussed it with myself. And I got right through the Black Lives Matter thing and I, I said, I get it, and you're right. Yeah, I'm Black Lives Matter too. You know, I thought it was stupid when I first heard it. Yeah, it's like Me Too movement, I thought. Because I was thinking Life of Brian. You know, when we had all the blokes on the cross and, um, you know, and the Romans came out, oh, we're looking for um, Jesus. And Jesus, uh, and Brian was there on the cross, if you've seen Life of Brian. And um, we, we want to take Jesus down. He's going to be released, you know. Oh, no, no. It was, we're going to let Brian go. Because Brian was up on the cross near Jesus. Jesus was on the cross too. This other bloke, Brian, was also on another cross, you know. And um, we, we want to release Brian. Um, who's Brian? And someone said, I'm Brian. And, you know, and basically everyone else on all the other crosses was saying, me too, me too, me too. And when I first heard the me, about the Me Too movement, I thought it was that sort of thing, where someone made an allegation or something, and, um, and everyone else started saying, me too, me too, me too. But then I realised, oh, no, it means the opposite. You really have to keep up. You just have to stay awake. Yeah, because I, I thought it was a faulty brand name, Me Too, for a while. Because usually, when everyone is saying Me Too, it means not Me Too. Yeah, it means they're falsely claiming it happened to Me Too. But anyway, look, I've been educated on Me Too as well, and I'm with the Me Too people too. Um, but the Black Lives Matter, that sounded dumb to me too. But I talked my way through it or a series of episodes. You know, this is a situation where someone will listen to the first episode and say, oh, you know, he doesn't believe in Black Lives Matter. Sack him, you know, because he's got his face there. Um, we can sack him now, you know, but I, I did a series of episodes and by the end of the last episode, I was saying I'm all for Black Lives Matter. You know, and, um, the way I um, worked that out for myself was I likened it to um, when you're on a rifle range, you know, I finally twigged what they were getting at because it makes no sense um, in a mathematical way. Black lives matter, you know. Um, uh, you know, because all lives do matter, I suppose. Uh, but what they were saying is there are um, that um, it seems like uh, well, black lives don't matter is what they're saying, and they should matter. You know, I think that's what black lives matter means. I think it means black lives should matter, you know, so we need to compensate or something like that, you know. Um, I likened it to be on a rifle range where the wind is blowing to the right. Uh, you know, a steady wind. So, 
Now you want to get things just right and hit the target right in the middle. But do you aim for the middle in order to get to the middle? No, you aim left. And you know, politically we, and socially, we need to aim a little bit left. Usually, almost always, we need to aim a little bit left to go dead on, you know? Um, you don't aim right if the wind's already blowing right, you know? Now, if the wind's blowing left, of course you aim right, you know? depends on the situation all right but black lives matter is definitely something where and uh, you know as far as i'm concerned the wind has been blowing right so you gotta aim left now women in parliament and women uh women's wages in executive positions and all that sort of stuff and in general that's another one where the wind's blowing in the in the direction of males um because the males uh see we like to think of ourselves as a meritocracy you know but for a long time, males have been making the rules as to what constitutes merit. And you can write rules there that favour yourself. You know, you can I could write rules that say, um, this job is suitable for people who, um, it is a merit, it is meritorious if you uh, can commit to never having babies physically, you know, I'm never having time off to go to a hospital to have babies, you know, now that's a meritocracy, uh, but it's not fair, see a meritocracy doesn't have to be fair, um, uh, because that disadvantages women uh, immediately, you know, um, so um, people say, oh, meritocracy is a good thing, you know, and, um, and, this, and in the same way that women can be disadvantaged unfairly in a meritocracy, so can people from other cultures be disadvantaged if, for example, people of British extraction uh, write all the rules about, you know, what constitutes merit. You know, what constitutes merit might be the ability to speak with perfect grammar in English, you know, um, for a uh, for a job that doesn't require that. For example, coding, software coding, which is what I do. You don't need to know um, English per se, not much, uh, to code. In fact, the um, structures of software, you know, when you're writing code, is Hungarian, if it's anything, it's backwards. You know? um, Object-oriented language, you know, you say the object and then what you're going to do with it, you know, um, all right, <sighs> um, so, um, I, uh, don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> I really don't, uh, I'm waiting for something, um, something's cooking, in that joint behind me with the flashing light. <laughs> um, I think I was talking about Black Lives Matter then. And yes, I ended up thinking, yep, yeah, I get it. It's just like women, you know, we need to artificially alter things to get more women into Parliament. That seems obvious to me because the merit-based system we've got is rigged. Rigged. You know, and in the same way, society is rigged in favour of, you know, well, this is what white privilege is all about, isn't it? Um, it really is. Uh, 
It's actually meritorious to be white. Um, but it, that, that one is subtle. No, no, it's not even that subtle. It wouldn't be hard for me. It wouldn't be hard for me to put that argument up. Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, the easiest one is um, hair. Women's hair. Yeah. An executive looking appearance uh, for women is not frizzy hair. You know, so you might say it's meritorious for you to present in a corporate way if you want to go for a corporate job. And that means nice, flat hair. <laughs> that's, that's rigged. Yeah, that one's an old one, but it's true. And this is why when people say, oh, well, we believe in a meritocracy, you know, but a meritocracy um, can easily be not fair. So I'm into Black Lives Matter, because what that's saying is if you're on a rifle range and the wind is blowing right, you have to overcompensate, knowing that the wind's blowing right, you have to compensate so that the bullet or the arrow or whatever um, swings around and hits the middle. So what you would do there is um, you would artificially alter things so that more uh, men and women who naturally have frizzy hair uh, have a chance of getting into corporate jobs um, in a system where it really isn't uh, seen as a really good corporate look, having a big frizzy hair thing going on, you know? Whereas if the Enlightenment had have, uh, taken off in Africa, it would have been the opposite, but it isn't, see? Um, so we would have been arguing, you know, uh, because frizzy hair would have been the best corporate look, and, you know, and we would have been asking for White Lives Matter. Why not, you know, if the tables were turned? And it could have happened easily. It's just chance and luck that the that um, on this occasion Europe had the big uh, jump on the rest of the world. Uh, at other times, olive people have had the big jump, and dark-skinned people have had the big jump on other occasions too. In the distant past, all right, you know, like my ancestors, the white people up north, um, you know, there was a time when everyone from India right across to Egypt, they were all the elites. And we white people were rock scratchers. Well, not quite, but, you know, not far off compared to those guys. You know, all the Greeks and the Romans, all those olives and browns and things like that. And, you know, the Egyptians and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, there have been times, you know, everyone has their moment in the sun. Now, um, but at the, anyway, you know what I'm getting at. Anyway, I became a Black Lives Matter supporter uh, because I, I saw that. And I said, oh, hang on, if there's... A, an artificial disadvantage against people with frizzy hair, then we have to artificially um, give those people a leg up. Um, you know, and in that sense, you know, what you're doing is you're aiming left. You're, you're putting in systems in place to give them an unfair advantage over people with slick hair um, in order for it to be equal again. Sounds weird, but it's true. You know? So I became, like, yeah, I talked to myself, you know, I talked my way through it in, via a number of episodes. And, I said, and, and frizzy hair is just one. You know, that's just the, that's scratching the surface. Um, there's other things too besides frizzy hair, of course. There's a lot of things relating, not just to frizzy hair, but to actually skin color, you know. Um, okay. Now, um, so. It would be a difficult thing if I was on social media 
coming out and saying that I'm a socialist in this way. Oh, I think I've got to go in. I think my thing's ready. Uh, because people would misunderstand and say, oh, don't you know that socialism has failed every time it's been tried? And I say, yeah, I know that. I've made 40 episodes. I've made 50 episodes about that. Yeah. Oh, look, I've got to go. You know what? I, where I was driving with this? I'm a socialist. Uh, I'm proud. You know, like most Australians on the left and the right. Uh, but I haven't got time to go into that too much right now. See ya.